Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. I thought we controlled the game uh, from start to finish. Uh, not an easy place to come and sort of control a game, and that's the most pleasing thing in performance, and obviously then we get the three points. First half, we were outstanding. You've got to go and get the second and the third goal, and we created enough to get them goals, but we weren't ruthless enough and we've paid for it. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson and Mark Weedy. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! So we're straight to Europa League action tomorrow where the blue and the green, they have zero points so far after the first two games. So Celtic tomorrow face the Hungarians Ferenc Varos. That's tomorrow afternoon at 3.30 after the win at Motherwell. Rangers face Bronby on Thursday. Still trying to figure out what happened late on Saturday when they dropped points against Hearts. Barry Ferguson, Hearts still undefeated. Rangers dropping points despite having so much of the pressure. How didn't they score more goals, Morellas? Yeah, listen, I, I'm, look, the manager was certainly happy with the performance, but when you have 27 attempts on goal um, and you only scored one, you'll be really disappointed in that. And as longer the game goes on, um, there's always that opportunity that the opposition might score the goal. And it came at the last minute, a, a mistake from Alan, McG- uh, Alan McGregor, should I say, which is very unlike him. Um, but listen, I'm, I'm sure Hearts will be absolutely delighted to come through to, to Glasgow and get a point. But Rangers will be bitterly disappointed that they never got the three points. So unusual to see that. He, he, a great save just beforehand. But Alan McGregor, it's so unlike him. But he must be thinking of up front. Help me out, guys. All that pressure, but only one goal. Yeah, I mean, last season, Paul, Rangers would have won that game 3-0, 4-0. They'd have certainly kept a clean sheet. McGregor wouldn't have made a, a mistake like that. And Morelos would be sticking a couple of chances um, away. So it's it's a combination um, a combination of things that uh, the manager has to address and the players need to respond uh, quickly you know you, you can't bank on Rangers winning at the moment um, yet they played well probably their best performance of the season but they need to turn that into goals and it needs to start on Thursday night at home to Bromby and Celtic getting two on the trot for the first time this season away from home Barry things getting better and they're now only four points behind Rangers yeah the, the main thing for Celtic was to to continue that away for them in terms of getting a, a great result up at Petaudry. Never played particularly well, but they got the three points. And obviously going to Fir Park, who, um, apart from obviously Muddle um, getting beat against um, Hearts a few weeks ago, their form's been really good. So that was a great three points for Celtic. And a, an outstanding goal from David Turnbull. Um, what a strike that was. And he didn't really celebrate it, not hugely respectful to the Muddle fans, but they were booing him throughout the game. That, yep. I guess that's what happens, isn't it, when you go back home? That's what happened. I mean, listen, Muddle was good. It was a great grounding for him. They yep. they gave him his, his first opportunity. Um, but sometimes, I, I mean, what a straight had a smile on his face. He did. Because he yep. knew it was a, a cracking goal. But listen, that's just him being respectful. Because Muddle, were, were, let's be honest with you, when they, the, the, at the first time when the move broke down going to Celtic, um, Muddle put him through his rehab 
took him down, got his operation, and and eventually got that that move to Celtic. Um, but look, David Turnbull's got that in his locker. Um, he's he's a player that's got a lot of ability, and um, wasn't surprised with the quality of the strike. We'll hear from the manager shortly. Both managers uh, uh, today. We've got Ange Postecoglou speaking about tomorrow afternoon's game. Mark, why is it happening in the afternoon? People have been asking. Apparently, to do with COP twenty six. Yeah, I mean a lot of disruption in Glasgow, uh, Paul, over the next few weeks, and I think now into the middle. November, different things on the roads and, uh, you know, because of both teams drawn to play at home on Thursday night, it was decided to move one of the games, which is totally understandable, the amount of resources that have been put into COP26. So it gives Celtic a platform of their own, albeit an unusual kickoff time of 3.30 and it gives Rangers Thursday night on their own um, to have Glasgow um, for the, the tie against Bronby. How big was it for Celtic to get two wins in a mm. row away from home? Uh, the defence not really tested. I mean, there was a, a penalty... Uh, claim by yeah. Motherwell but it looked as though I mean Celtic had so much of the possession uh, what do you think Jota getting the first one for Celtic he's, uh... I thought Paul it just shows you pace you know when you've got that pace you can kill any team uh, and when you've got somebody of the ability of Rodic to pick a pass at that and, and Jota just cleverly running inside pace is what an asset it can be and I think it was a big statement from Celtic to go back to back away from home on either side of the international break two tough venues to come away with six points the bonus for Celtic is that Rangers drop two points at home. We have a title race, Paul. That's the bottom line. We have a title race um, this season. This is going to go uh, to the wire. And January is absolutely massive for both clubs, how they conduct themselves in the transfer window. Because I think for either side, the title is there for the taking. And January is going to be key. Because there's still all the chat from Newcastle. You know, they lost yesterday, no surprise, uh, against uh, Tottenham. You know, the, the favourites for it, the, Stephen Gerrard's name is being mentioned, Barry Sos, Unai Emery, uh, Antonio Conte has been mentioned, Roberto Martinez, the Belgian manager, and Eddie Howe, I hear his name is, uh, could be a short-term replacement to keep them up, because that's the question for Newcastle, but here in Scotland we're more interested about Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, look, I've spoke about it, not surprised that his, his name's been been mentioned, no? just what he'd done as a, football, a footballer, um, what he's done um, at Rangers certainly last year, uh, and the names that you've just mentioned some fantastic managers mm. I watched the game the Newcastle Tottenham game yesterday the atmosphere was absolutely electric and was, deck were there yep. yep everybody was there um, were you not there? No. <laughs> they were all there, <laughs> they were all there. <laughs> but it was uh, I mean it just shows you that I mean I'm lucky enough to play it St James's Park it's a brilliant stadium and uh, obviously the new owners the atmosphere was great they, they got off to an absolute flyer Could you know a sign well. for Newcastle was that not an option yeah. for you when Graham Souness went yep it was um, why aye and, yeah. <laughs> and you know what the fans are like it could have been like. it could have been but you know they're, they're passionate fans um, and once they obviously get the man I feel sorry for Steve Bruce he looked a man under pressure yesterday Paul and I just think he's wanting a decision made um, he whether, looked a bit haunted didn't he yeah, the but they need to do yep. it um, sooner rather than later if they want to get a new manager and he needs to start preparing for the, the January window um, but it was great for Steve Bruce he got his thousand game uh, mm-hmm. as a manager what an achievement that is that is sorry uh, and look in time I think Newcastle will certainly been challenging for the, the Premier League title for Rangers you mentioned the transfer window coming up for Celtic. It was huge for Rangers as well, though, isn't it? And Stephen Jarrett said three weeks ago, we haven't spent a penny over the last two. It's going to be a fascinating January. Some big names coming in. If you can get them, Barry always says it's a tough window, January. Yeah, it's a tough window. You know, Rangers may... No, Rangers will have to be creative. And and the one thing... And it's not just in the back of Saturday. 
missing a couple of chances that you would normally expect him to put away. I, I'm basing this over the piece of the season and pre-season. I wonder if the time is right, Paul, for Alfredo Morelos, for Rangers to, to part company. Just try and get as much as they can to go and replenish the squad. You know, probably a couple of other positions that the manager wants to um, to look at. Does he think that Sakala can fish in, uh, chip in more? Now that he'll have that extra period um, under his belt. You just wonder if, if Morelos, for his own sake and for Rangers' sake, at some point there has to be a partner of the ways. It happens at all clubs. And I just wonder if January might be the ideal moment for all parties. But to get top dollar, he needs to start performing and scoring goals. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I, I, I'm sure that's something that the manager will sit down and say, look, listen, if your mind's elsewhere, great, but two and a half months to the window opens. If you want to go, if you want a club to come in and pay good money for you, you need to start performing on the pitch and scoring goals. What's his value today compared to this time last year? I'm not too sure, Paul, in terms of what, what his contract, his length of his contract. I think he's got another two. Okay. Is it two years after this year? You're probably still looking at 12 to 15 million pounds. Um, but to get that, he needs to start scoring goals and getting back to some sort of form. Here's Jason, the Rangers fan on the line. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700, the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Jason, good evening. Hi there, guys. How are you doing? Yep, good, Hi, thank Jason. you. Thank yeah, everyone in pretty Jason. good form. Looking forward to the European Games coming up. What about that question? You know, Mark is saying, is it time now for Morelos uh, to be sold? I would I, I would probably agree with that. I've, I've been a, a big fan of Morelos. I've also been a critic at times, obviously, with disciplinary records. He's the kind of player in your team that, you no know, matter how many times he, he can he can let you down from time to time, you know that he's always going to come up trumps on, in big moments. And, and Dickie's out um, so it is hard to be critical of him but um, I was at the game on Saturday and I thought that you know the game should have been dead and buried in, in the first half he has been prone to missing a few sitters over his time at Rangers and, and like Barry said if if we're really going to cash in on our big assets at the club Morelos obviously been right up there with, with one of the best and um, trying to bring in a bit of money to replenish the squad and freshen things up a little bit he really needs to try and start performing and I'm not just talking about scoring goals I'm talking about his all-round plays been a pivotal player over the years for us but in my opinion he does blow very hot and cold consistency is a big factor in football and, and being a quality player you've got to be consistent and prove it week in week out Morelos unfortunately seems to prove it for two or three games and then go quiet for four or five and then have one good game and there's not a real consistency there so I'd agree with what the guys were saying. Yeah, I think that the, the, the time, unfortunately, in my eyes is coming to an end because it's been a journey with him. But I think we need to you know, look to freshen uh, the attack up for sure. I see he was there yesterday supporting the women's team. Rangers drawing 1-1 uh, with Glasgow City at Peters Hill. So he was there. The jacket on. So still very much part of it. We just don't know what's going to happen with Morelos. The manager says he's backing him. He is in a slump, but he thinks he'll hit the heights again for Rangers. I hope so, because I mean, yeah. I'm similar to Jason. He's, he's a player that I admire. I, I think going form uh, and him and the Rangers team, Rangers are better. He's, he's going through one of their periods, as all footballers do. Um, and the only way you can get out of that is work even harder on the, the training ground. I'm sure the manager's... Well, listen, obviously he's going to back him, um, but I'm sure he'll be having a quiet word in his ear, saying to him, look, listen... You need to step it up. We need you because Rangers do need them. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Here's the manager speaking about his frustration on Saturday. It feels frustrating right now because we've put ourselves in a real good position. We've had many, many more chances to go and kill the game. 
You know, we've hit the post, we've missed a blatant tap-in. I think Craig Gordon's been by far the busiest keeper over the 90 minutes, so Seth certainly feels frustrating right now. But we've been, we've paid for not taking them chances and not being ruthless in the final third, so we've got ourselves to blame. And here's what he had to say about the striker. You know, he's a top striker, he normally gobbles them chances up, but he's not going to do that every game, so sometimes you've got you've to gotta go with it. But as a team, I thought we were outstanding for 45 minutes. But at 1-0, you've got to go and get that second goal. You've got to go and you know take the points away from Hearts because I thought they grew into the game in the second half. They had a couple of chances themselves. But by the time the big moment come, the equaliser, we should have been two, three, even four goals out in front. Jason, do you agree with the manager? The first half, the best performance so far this campaign? 100%. I was sat, sat at Ibrox on Saturday and I've been quietly happy, obviously, because we've been top of the league and you can't be too critical when you know the performances haven't been there but the results have. But you're always <clears throat> you're always wanting to go and be entertained and watch entertaining football, and unfortunately that's been that's been lacking this season. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so at the game on Saturday, I was very pleased with the way that we started. I thought we pressed very well. Um, there was little passages of play, playing through the middle, going out to Barisic and, and Tavernier, and it looked like the Rangers of last season. Um, the two points I wanted to come on and, yeah. and make this evening was to give a bit of a shout out to John Lundstrom. I was very mm-hmm critical of him I thought that his first two or three games were a bit ropey in a Rangers jersey but over the last four or five weeks he's been the standout player in that team um, by a country mile um, so I'm really pleased with the way that he's came on and secondly to put to the panel just to see what your thoughts would be on um, James Tavernier at the minute again he's, he's one that's took it, took the flack over the course of his full time at Rangers and um, I'm not here to try and you know give him any more stick but I feel like Nathan Patterson in my opinion now should be getting a run in that team uh, Gerard obviously goes on and says that if you're given your chance go on and take it Patterson's had one chance two chance three chance there's been you know a number of chances now and in my opinion he has went and took it but as soon as Tavernier's fit back he's, he's straight back in the team and, and Patterson's left wandering on the bench which in my opinion isn't fair and I would like to see him get a bit of a, a run in the team which question do you want to take first, Barry? I mean, Lundstrom, you've when, said all along, will come good. We, yep. we spoke when we came in before we went on air about Lundstrom. You, you could see over the last few weeks, um, I'm starting to show signs of why Stephen Gerrard chased him for so long. And I thought his performance, certainly in the first 45 minutes against Hearts, that showed me why they were desperate to get him. Good quality, good on the ball, great finish past a a top goalkeeper and now we're starting to see the the, the real Lundstrom because it's different listen no disrespect to Sheffield United they're not under pressure to win every game he's come up and he's maybe found that a bit strange with the demands that are put on him up here but quietly you could see him starting to gain a bit of confidence and as I said um, the Hibs game I thought he, he was good but that was the real Lundstrom against Starts. I thought he was um the best player in the park. He was man of the match. Yeah, he yep, was the best was. player in the park. Yep. Mark, what about Nathan Patterson? We'll come back on. in a second, Jason, on that. Uh, what about Nathan Patterson and Tavernier? How long can he be left out of this team? Um, I wouldn't rush to, to, to put Patterson in the team. You know, I, I like Tavernier and I think, you know, basically he's a captain, he's a leader. But if Steven Gerrard, for whatever reason, thinks that Tavernier isn't hitting the mark then he does have a ready-made replacement but I'm not going to jump on a bandwagon because Rangers have dropped a couple yeah we know that Rangers haven't been playing well but it's collectively as a team like we said if, if Alfredo Morelos is his shooting boots on this game last season Rangers were 3-4 up the game was, was over 
and we wouldn't be talking about Tavernier. So um, is Tavernier one guy that should be put out of the team? No. Um, I understand there's a clamour because Nathan Patterson is an excellent young player and he's Scottish and he's from the academy and it's all those boxes that get ticked. But I think to single out um, uh, James Tavernier, I'm not going to go on that bandwagon just now. I, I think that's unfair. Jason? I'm not, I'm not singling him out. I, all, all, all I'm saying is I'm, I'm a big Tavernier fan. He's captain of the club. He's obviously took us back to where every Rangers fan's been looking to get to for the past uh, 10 years. But what what my point was is that, you know, if the manager's coming out week in, week out, saying, you know, if you get your chance, you know, go on, show it, you can take it and, and make that jersey yours. In my opinion, any time that I've seen Patterson playing the Rangers jersey this season compared to Tavernier, and I'm not singling him out, because there's been a lot of players on that park that, that you know haven't played up to the standards that we know they're capable of. I feel like Nathan Patterson has played, in my opinion, far superior to Tavernier over the course of uh, what he's shown for this season. So I think to myself, if we're saying you know you, you, your, your chances are, are given to you and you take them on your performance levels, surely that would mean Patterson would get ahead of Tavernier. That was that was more the point I was trying to make. Yeah, no, I I, yeah. I, I, I get that. Um... Jason, but also as well, that has Tavernier played that badly that he deserves to lose the jersey? So bear in mind, you know, you look at what Tavernier has contributed uh, to the football club. And I know it's all about the here and now. Um, I get that. But I think part of why you're saying that and part of why there seems to be um, a bit of momentum going here for, for partners in is because he's Scottish and because he's coming through. I'm not saying he's not a good player. He's he is a good player. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a right good player. But it's also as well... Every day in training, we're not seeing it. Stephen Gerrard the seeing every day in training too. And I just think to for Tavernier to be singled out or in the eyes of some people, a scapegoat, you know, I don't think that's fair. Just as I would say, it would be totally unfair to leave Alan McGregor out on Thursday night because he says the howler um, on Saturday afternoon. Barry, what would you say about Nathan Patterson and Tavernier? It's the same position, I suppose that's well, why. Well, in terms of Tavernier, he came through that same, not as bad as it is just now. I think if you remind uh, remind it back two years ago, there was a lot of critics, and that's one thing that um, gained my respect with James Tavernier. He, he made himself available. He still went out there. He played and he came through it. Um, for me, just now, I think he's too important player. I understand the clamour for Nathan Patterson. I'm a massive fan of him. I think in time that will become his position 100% but at this moment in time I would stick with James Tavernier first captain he's a leader of the group mm. um, he's like everybody he's no hitting top for him but that will come in time um, so it has a, it's an issue when you've got two fantastic fullbacks it's an I issue get, but it's you, a great issue you, to have but you wonder does something give then in January with that because if Patterson's not getting a game and there's interest in him mm. you know there's big Everton interest in him from down yep. south yeah so therefore, again, do you think, well, we're keeping James Tavernier, so therefore, Nathan, we don't want to let him go, but if we're getting good money and it allows to go and revitalise, re-energise, replenish the squad, or likewise, if over the next week or two, Stephen Gerrard decides, no, do you know what, no, I'm going with Patterson. Come what may, I'm giving him a run in the team now, he's going to be my number one. Then Tavernier's nose would obviously bound a joint, and then does he become um, somebody that might be... Um, I would hate to see them cash in on Nathan Patterson in January. I would. I, I think... It, it's important for his development, Mark, as well, that he goes and plays consistently mm -hmm. for a year or two. You see so many young boys go and leave a club mm -hmm. only playing 15, 20 games and they don't really kick on at the, the next club. I think it's... For Nathan Patterson, 
development I think it's important for him to stay and try and get as much game time as he can it's going to be difficult but that's a great one come January it might be Tavernier that he might have to look at um, but look two fantastic fullback uh, fullbacks in my eyes it's a great problem to have as a manager the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Tonight on the football, there's so much to look forward this time tomorrow. Well, we'll know what the story is with Celtic up against Ferenc Varas. We're going to be hearing from Ange Postacoglu and he's speaking about one of the greats of the game before our time but Pushkas, the great Hungarian player that uh, he knows about him. He, Barry, have you heard about him in the mist of time? Yeah, but when you watch like um, Legends of the Game, his yep. name always comes up. Um, well before my time, but I'm sure it was your time, was it not? Um, it was before yeah, my time. But yeah, they talked about him. Yeah, he played in one of the greatest games yeah. ever when I was uh, just around the time I was born. Yeah, but his, his name's always mentioned yep. when, when like, your Pellies and, yep. and Maradona's mm-hmm. guys like that. Estevano. Yep. yep. Pushkas is always mentioned. Um, and I've only ever seen him on, obviously, on YouTube. Uh, yep. But he, he looked, what a player. Mark Weedy, Albion Rovers. All the great names we're just <laughs> thinking about here. If you're just tuning in, this is the home of football. Monday to Friday, we give you the traffic and travel, which is occasionally right, um, between five and seven. And, yep, it's going to be some week of football, isn't it? We've had a, a good uh, week last week, a great week in the World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, Hopefully just, we're on the way. I'm just trying I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just trying to think of the... The link what's made, well, but of course, Puskas Hungarian, yeah. Ferenc Varos, Great of course, players. that's the yeah. that's the link that's with, what uh, it was. Postacoglu's um, been been talking about. So yeah, interested to to hear what uh, Postacoglu says about him. That'll be coming up very shortly. Uh, we're going to take more calls soon. 0808 17 17 700 after the weekend when Rangers stay top of the table, but they dropped a couple of points late in the game. 1-1 with Hart. Celtic winning 2-0 at Motherwell. Um, Ross County losing to St Mirren 3-2. Real battle up there, but a great win for Jim Goodwin's men. Livingston beating St Johnson, one of the games of the surprise of the day probably was that. And also the same scoreline, Hibs nil, Dundee United 3. Barry, we didn't see that coming. But what about Dundee 2, Aberdeen 1, 10 games without a win for Stephen Glass? Yeah, listen, um, I'm sure he's worried, frustrated. Um, a lot of words you can you can tie in with, with Stephen Glass but when you look at the squad uh, plain and simple it's it's not good enough um, results ain't been good enough performances have not been good enough and he'll be worried there's there's no doubt about it um, I, I thought it was going to be a draw if I'm being honest with you mm-hmm. uh, the Dundee-Aberdeen game but what a great three points for Dundee um, again they're the same Pake's been under a bit of pressure up there but that was a vital three points Lee Griffiths obviously getting a goal uh, as well. Um, so, no, a great three points for Dundee, but worrying times for Aberdeen fans. You could almost, there are indeed. You could almost see that coming, couldn't you? Lee Griffiths gets his first goal for Dundee up against the captain of Aberdeen. Scott, Scott Brown, Brown, yeah. It was, it was yeah. a good finish um, from, from Lee Griffiths. I wasn't quite sure about his, his first touch, but then he, he's recovered well and he's drilled it under um, Woods. And you could see, as Barry said, you could see going by the pictures and the telly, exactly what it meant to James McPake that was a massive uh, result for them Dundee needed that and, and for Stephen Glass when your own fans turn on you Paul that, that's a problem uh, but Dave Cormack will, will stick by him just now but they need to get a result quickly and, and if, if you're Stephen Glass if there's not been a positive result between now and the next international break 
then I, I would genuinely fear from during that period. Let's hear from Ange Postacoglu. This was him on Saturday after the 2-0 win at Motherwell. Yeah, I thought you know, both goals were, were great goals. Um, you know, first one was you know fantastic ball by Tommy Rogic and, and you know Jota's. You know, he's he's always in the right spot and he's got the composure to finish. And uh, yeah, Dave's got that in his locker. You know, he can he can put one in the top corner and. Uh, you know, he worked hard today, so it's good he got a rewards. What about tomorrow then? Tomorrow afternoon, 3.30 kick-off. I think it's a near sellout tomorrow afternoon, Ferenc Varos. You know, it's a game we've, we've got to win if we want to keep our hopes alive. Um, you know, obviously the other two sides um, in the in the group have won their two opening games. So, you know, you kind of know that, um, you know, if we're going to reach that gap, we've got to win our games uh, that we've got remaining, and particularly the two games at home we have, and uh, starting tomorrow. And uh, so you kind of know the, the significance of tomorrow's game within the context of us wanting to progress. So no shying away from that, we need a win tomorrow. There's no points for Celtic, no points for Rangers. It's poor, terrible start for both of them. Yeah, both of them need to win. Yeah. That, for me, um, if they've got any aspirations of getting up the group, they, they need to win um, these both games. Celtic obviously coming first tomorrow at 3.30. They need to get the three points. And same with Rangers against Bromby. These are games that you would look at the teams and think to yourself when the, the groups come out. These are these are um, winnable games, so both of them need to pick up three points for me. Here's Anton, a Celtic fan on the line. Good evening, Anton. Hi, how's it going? Good. What's in your mind tonight? Just with the group stages and stuff like that, I think I thought we were going to do well when we were we went two 0 up, and then all of a sudden <laughs> you're, you're you're right up against it. But um, for tomorrow night, I think start it's a tricky game regardless of the result against Motherwell at the weekend. A tricky game. Well, the defence is the thing for Celtic, isn't it? We know Celtic can score, probably will score. But uh, look at Real Betis. I know that was away from home, yeah. Mark, for example. But uh... oh, Celtic have conceded eight goals in the two European games. But um, tomorrow afternoon's game, on paper, is the easiest game out of the six fixtures. So I agree with you, Barrett. If Celtic can't win tomorrow, they ain't going through. So you kiss bye bye to Europe. And likewise for Rangers on Thursday night against Bromby. On paper, that's the easiest fixture. You're playing at Ibrox in front of 50,000 tomorrow close to 60,000 so if you can't win those games then there is no evidence to suggest that the final three games of the section are going to be any better so you kiss goodbye to European football but I think both teams will, will win I fancy both teams to get to get victories and, and really set it up for the for the last three games of the, the section Celtic always looked like going forward I don't think there's ever been an issue with Celtic it's the, the defensively that there is issues um, there is problems I still think it's somewhere that they're still weak, but going forward, midfield um, to front, they're, they're a dangerous team. They're always going to create chances. They're always going to score goals. It's just making sure you keep the back door locked. Here's the manager speaking about Europe so far. Both games we've had so far, we've shown that we, you know, in moments where we, when we take the game to the opposition, we, we can can make an impact. But we've certainly also paid for our mistakes, and that's the level of European competition where you know you can, you know, our football in general. I thought has been good in both games, even the Leverkusen game. I know we lost uh, quite convincingly, but anyone who watched that game will know that we had our fair share of chances uh, to make an impact. But at the same time, the flip side of that was that you know both against Betis and. Leverkusen, we got punished for our mistakes, and you know that's that's part of the sort of our learning process. Um, you know, playing in uh, you know at this level. Anton, are you encouraged by the fact that Barry and Mark reckon Celtic they're going to win tomorrow? Uh, I think we'll win as well. On the weekend's performance, I thought it was really good. Um, 
you're right about what they're saying. I, I think we're screaming for Julian to be back fit. Yeah. Uh, along with... Um, is it Juron? I can't pronounce his um, name. Joseph Juronovic. Juronovic, yeah. 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 Um, I, I think we need that two players back fit big time. And then that, that seems to get the, the defence more experienced. But I think that's what we've lacked. Experience in the defence. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're right, Anton. It, it definitely is a concern. I mean, the thing that gives me hope for Celtic is the fact that they've got Joe Hart. You know, they have got a, a quality goalkeeper. But I watched the highlights of the Celtic game at the weekend, and, and again, I'm just seeing Starfield. I'm thinking, no, he's, he's still not convincing. Um, he's still got a long way um, to go, uh, and that has got to be uh, a concern. But you've just got to hope that that, that he comes good for Celtic. Because you know, one thing that, he, that he's got as well, he's he's got pace. He's got pace, but he just seems hesitant at the moment. He just seems as if he's lacking in a bit of confidence. And only good performances um, can 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 bring that back. But there's definitely a player in there. There's absolutely a player in there. It's just when it can just when it can come out. And I think it's all down to confidence at the moment. And ball and golly thrown in again at the weekend. People didn't think they'd see him back. I know yeah. he was in a couple of weeks ago. Montgomery was injured, so yeah, I think sure. Taylor's that, injured as well. Yeah. So they've yeah. not got men in Juranovic. He's yep. injured, so you've not got many options there. So that's why I think ball and goalies um, been been put in. I, I think when all the players we've just mentioned are fit, I don't think he'll win the eighteen because the manager was left with a, a shambles when he came in. There was hardly any players there, and especially at the back. And you're not going to get it right first time. The jury's out in Starfield. We know we hear what David Province been consistent in it. Nobody wants to damn anyone at all, and you give him time. But you hear Mark saying there from the highlights, you don't think. That he, he's not at the level that you, you'd expect of a Swedish international Barry you've maybe not seen enough of him yet but it's a worry for Celtic yeah I, I think it's always been a worry for Celtic yeah. I think that's something that Postacoglu identified as soon as he came in was was obviously strengthening the, the defence I agree with Mark look one I think if not the best signing has been Joe Hart when you, you've got a, a guy that the level that he's played that as I said, he's a real presence at the back. He's a real leader. He's always, I mean, you watch Celtic play, even in highlights. Joe Hart's can, he just talks non stop. That's, that's what he is. So he's made a, a hell of a difference. You've still obviously got Julian to come back, but he's going to need time. He's been out for six or seven months. He, he just, you kind of just expect Julian to come in and, and be playing at a high level. He needs games, he needs a bit of time. Um, but as I said, I don't, I think even going back in last season, going forward, Celtic always created chances I look like scoring mm. it was just at the back that was their Achilles heel Anton do you think that was a turning point on Saturday when you heard 89 minutes gone and Rangers did what didn't happen last season they lost a late goal and dropped two points I'm not going to lie I was absolutely jumping about the living room but uh, <laughs> I, I think it, do you know something every team Celtic, Rangers Hearts everybody's dropping points this year this yeah. is probably going to be the tightest Tightest season it's been in a long time, I think. I don't think the guys disagree. No, but I mean, Paul, when we do our predictions on a Friday night, yeah. you know, I, I, I thought both uh, old firm Celtic and Rangers would drop points. I'm not convinced by either of them at the moment. You know, as Anton said there, you know, they're, 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 for different reasons, they're still to find a rhythm, they're still to be convincing enough for me because normally. 19 games out of 20 you expect Celtic to win every now and again there'll, there'll be a blip in them when they play each other obviously somebody's yeah. got to drop points if not if not both of them but I believe that, that, that clubs you know such as Hearts such as Hibs will think that, that, that Celtic and Rangers at this moment are both there for the take they've not got anything to fear but for Celtic it was a positive getting a back-to-back win especially for away uh, from home for Rangers 
the positive is they've turned in their best performance of the season it was an uncharacteristic mistake of Alan McGregor but they remain uh, top of the league but for for most teams in the SPFL Premiership they'll go to Ibrooks or Parkhead or whenever they come the, the old firm go on, go on the road they'll think they'll take points off them and rightly so Anton here's your manager speaking about the squad update clean bill of health from the weekend everyone got through the game okay so no issues coming out of the, the, the guys who played in the weekend um, coming back in uh, the only one change will be uh, Adam young Adam Montgomery is available he's uh, he trained with the team uh, yesterday and Ian's got through us so um, he's ready to go and um, the rest will be very similar to the weekend he started well, hasn't he? Adam Montgomery, and he's getting uh, more and more confidence. Yeah, and I don't think that's his natural position, left back. I think he's one further up the, the pitch. Um, I thought he'd done well at Petodre, the, the young man, because um, it's difficult. A young player coming in um, with expectations put on his shoulder, but he certainly looks a, a player for the future, Montgomery. Um, and obviously, he's took his opportunity. Anton, what do you reckon tomorrow afternoon then? What's your uh, prediction? I'm going to go bold here I'm going to say 3-0 Dancing around the living room 3-0 I take it for Celtic is what you mean I, 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 yeah. I hope so Jota he's on form isn't he? Oh he's flying is he? I, I, I never knew much about him and then every game he's played he's exciting it's good because we lacked width last season so it's nice to see we've got width in the team now so no it's good Easy on the eye to watch he's got uh but he's Pretty got something style, that defenders hate. Yep. He's got pace. Mm -hmm. So is a badder. Yep. You ask any defender, they come up against people with pace, they hate it. Mm -hmm. And that's what both the, the players have brought into Celtic. Um, it's a good good finish, but it's the ball that makes a goal for me. Roger. He splits yeah. the defence wide open. That, that's what he can he can bring to the party. But Shot and, and certainly a badder have certainly showed why Posta Coglu was des desperate to get them in. We're more than half an hour into the programme. We haven't mentioned Furuhashi. It's in the contract. We speak about Morellas. You have to speak about Kyogo. He put in a great tackle, didn't he? To make the goal. For the yeah. goal, yeah. That um, was a foul. <laughs> <laughs> I think Willie, <clears throat> Willie Collum called that absolutely right. And I hope Willie's okay. I hope he's on the mend after yeah. his, his injury. And Chris Fordyce um, had to step in from unusual um, circumstance. But um, yeah, Kyogo back getting a tackle in and then helping help him to set it up. But, but pace, pace is the thing. Yeah, it's a difference. Pace is the thing. Kyogo, trying a way back past probably the deep line midfielder to try and yeah. win the ball back that's the kind of attitude you and it was want a slight tackle I know. it was a slight tackle to go and yeah. um, but that's he's a teammate you love that you love players great going forward but also want to do the dirty side of the game Mullable boss said it was a blatant penalty it was a handball off yeah. ball and golly were they two down at that point so he's yeah. saying they could have come back into the game Dermot Gallagher and you rate him don't we the former a FIFA referee he looked at it today on Sky and he said but the the referee didn't see it because Van Veen was in front of him so he couldn't see it so he's exonerated the referee but I don't think anyone would say other than it did strike his hand did he do Looked it purposely yep. Penalty, penalty. Yep. Yep. Um, Anton so what's your prediction for the season though I know it's still just the middle of October but are you now more confident you've got two in a row on the on the road can you win the league I would I would answer that after January. I still think we need at least four four experienced players in in January to make the squad strong enough. But seeing how the way Rangers have reacted, and to be honest with you, Hibs will fight with it. They always beat Sable Hearts. So tight. it's going to be tight. But I'll, I'll, I'll say Celtic will win it. 
you're going to go for Celtic. We'll keep you holding on the line then for four months or so, and then we'll come back to you in January, Anton. <laughs> Listen, we appreciate the call. Cheers, Anton. Thank you. Cheers. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. It's the Monday evening edition. And remember, European football, when we're on tomorrow, Celtic will be up against Ferenc Varos. And uh, then Thursday night, Rangers will be previewing Rangers against Bronby. Surely both sides can take points. It's a sad state of affairs, Barry, though, when we're talking about Game 3 in the tournament, in the second tournament, and neither of them have got any points whatsoever. Yeah, it is. Um, certainly with the size of clubs, both Rangers and Celtic are. Um, but Game 3, if they want to get out of this group, each of their groups, they need to win tomorrow. Um, and as Mark said earlier on, you look at both games... When um, these leagues come out, you would be marking them down thinking, right, that's three points. So Celtic needs to start tomorrow at 3.30. They need to get three points and send me Rangers against Bromby. We'll look and see how you did with predictions. Should we do that? On a Monday, we always do just to check to see. I don't think anyone saw Livy winning no. 3-0, did they, Mark? At, no. At, at St. Johnson. No, I, I didn't see that at all. Um, no, I think at St. Johnson 2-0 or 2-1 or something. And like that, credit yeah. to Livy who did uh, really well. well. And yeah. Bruce Anderson got a goal. The manager said, you're back in. Yeah, it's a good finish from Bruce Anderson. I mean, as much as it, it was uh, a mistake from St. Johnson, you know, you've got to credit the finish as well. You know, he's drilled it from, from 17, 18 yards. So, yeah. Uh, a good finish but um, you know for, for St Johnson it was one of those days I think that anything that could go wrong uh, did go wrong and uh, it was just a bad day at the office Barry? Good to see Bruce yep. Anderson back obviously yeah. he had that episode at Easter Road um, the way he came off and obviously got took to hospital so uh, he, he's uh, that's a good signing for Livingston he, he went to Aki's last year mm-hmm. and I thought he'd done really well on Lone Aberdeen um, last year so good to see he's back playing and getting a goal what about Dundee United winning 3-0? Who saw that against uh, Hibs who were well, still challenging near the top? But I've never seen that yeah. come. I've got to be honest with you. I watched the Rangers-Hibs game, uh, game until Portis got sent off. I thought Hibs were excellent. Mm. Um, you've got real dangerous players as, as well. So um, I, I thought that was Hibs all day long. But you've got to give Dundee United credit. Um, what a result that is going and getting the three points there. Is that the performance of the weekend? Or Livy maybe? Yeah, I, yeah, it's got to between the, it's got to be between the two of them. But for me, the Dun United one that was a a right uh, surprise result, I think, for everybody. Mark, what about that Dun United? Most people outside the game didn't know Tam Courts at the start of the season. Yeah. But he's that's a great for start. me that for me that's result of the day. Yeah, to go Easter Road and and, and win three um, 0 that's result um, of the day because a very talented, Hibernian team and and credit to. Um, Dundee United when you look at them I, I honestly thought they could well be bottom three this season Paul you know really really struggling um, to stay up but they've already I think they've got 14 points on the board they've, they beat Dundee so they've won the Tayside Derby um, they beat the uh, Rangers um, so they've had some good wins considering their opening day was a, a heavy defeat a comprehensive defeat against Aberdeen at Petodre they have bounced back really really well and if we were EO, Edinburgh's own rather than Glasgow's own, the, the concentration would be on Hearts doing so well at Ibrooks, but Hibbs wheels off the bandwagon. It's a horrendous result for Jack Ross. Yeah, I'm sure Jack Ross will be 
angry, frustrated, obviously, with the the, the level of performance they, they certainly gave at Ibrooks. Um, he that, questioned his players afterwards, didn't he? He said it on the he, interview. He did, but listen, he, he's got aspirations. He, he challenging. Um, he has says that over the last month or so, uh, Jack Ross. So he'll be disappointed with that um, result. But you've got to give Dun United credit, as I said. Mm. I think everybody, if you asked them, they would have fancy tips to to win that pretty convincingly. But great result for Dun United and Tam Courts. Team that were in charge virtually all afternoon. I know it ended up Ross County two, St Mirren three, but that was a great result and great performance for uh, for St Mirren up there, Barry. Because we know Ross County desperate for a win. Yep, desperate for a win, but fair play to Jim Goodwin's mm. team going up there. Um, it's always a difficult place to go, Dingwall, um, and a real important three points for St Mirren. I, when I look at Jim Goodwin's St Mirren team, I think he's got real good players. Eamon Brophy, really like him. Great goal. Yep, McGrath in the mid, middle of the park. The, the young boy, I can't remember his name, they've got in loan for Wills, really impressed me as well. So he's got good players there, Jim, and that's a fantastic three points. Mark? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I um, it was good for for St Mirren, as I say. I think they've recruited um, well, but but I felt for Malky Mackay. You know, watching the highlights, the way his team defended, the the, the basic errors that as a manager, you you work hard in training, you set them out, you drill them, and then your players go on the on the pitch and and, and let you down um, like that. So I, I did feel for um, for Malky Mackay, but credit to uh, St Mirren to go away from home. Um, anywhere in, in, in this division it's great to get three points yeah I've just looked up the young boy they've got in loan for Wills is Connor Ronan yep yep he's I've watched him a couple of times um, good footballer and again that's Jim Goodwin knowing the market got him in loan for, for Wills he's been a a real good signing for him and the table has St Mirren seventh position on nine points same points as St Johnson and Aberdeen and Livy sorry that's I'm talking that's not the case there that's the the games played for St Mirren um, 13 points of course sixth place nine points is St Johnson which they are so it's magnificent isn't it for St Mirren could they finish top six which they just missed out on last year yeah I mean there's no reason uh, why not you know um, they can do it And, and bear in mind St Mirren had a slow start. I think there was like you know three or four games before they before they get a win um, under the belt. But when you look at the changes that Jim Goodwin um, had to make and and, and uh, you know the, the way he recruited, you had to give him a wee bit of time to to get it right. But they're certainly heading in the right direction, St Mirren. That's for sure. Do you think they're doing the right thing that they give so much of the ground to Rangers when they come to town and Celtic mm-hmm. when they come to town? Tony Fitzpatrick's been speaking about it, saying, "Look, it allows us to buy well, another I, player." I read the comments. Yeah. If that helps Jim Goodwin's budget, I don't see the reason why they shouldn't do it. It gives them more income um, and obviously helps them with their, their budget, as I said, to, to go and strengthen the squad. Um, I'm sure St Man fans are a bit disappointed they don't get to watch their, their team, but they're, they're thinking um, long term in terms of uh, backing their manager. It's only an 8,000 ground mark. Do you agree with Tony Fitzpatrick? Yeah, I, I I do. You know, if if, if St Mirren were getting in excess of 6,000 at every home game, then I would have an issue with it, but they're not. And therefore, you, you've got to maximise your revenue. You've got to bring in as much as you can. And you look at the way St Mirren have recruited, you look at the fact that they've they've made uh, Jamie McGrath perhaps the, the biggest contract mm-hmm. offer in the club's history. You need income to, to do that. So if you're getting Celtic and Rangers coming to town three or four times a season and you can create, you know, a real chunky six-figure revenue to do that bearing in mind the sin sponsorship might not be there 
Um, so therefore, if, if they can get things like that in, clubs have got to do what they can to bring in the money. So I do not have a problem with it at all. It allows them to go and buy one or two yep. quality players. Yep. Um, we are normally they, they wouldn't have the budget to go and do it. So listen, fair play to it, man. Yep. The cinch money, do you mean the dispute with Rangers? Yeah, I mean, yep. it's, it's, yep. it's potentially in the, in the balance pool. We don't mm. know how that's going to play out. But I mean, again, I don't know the exact figures, but I'd imagine that's worth, you know, a one six a figure sum yeah. to, to, to oh, every yeah. club, mm. you know. So um, they, they'll be budgeting mm. um, for that. So therefore, you know, they've, they've just got to be careful. But for all clubs, um, you know, if, you say, if they can take advantage of the, the fan base that Celtic and Rangers have got, I, I, I genuinely, I don't have a problem. I understand that your, your your hardcore Burn supporters will be disappointed about it but like I say if they were filling the ground every week fair enough it would be wrong but they're not there's thousands of empty seats every week but Muddle do the same behind the goal the big stand yeah. and obviously mm-hmm. the main stands virtually all away fans as well uh, so but listen see if it helps clubs fund budgets or, or help them out fin- uh, financially I don't see it as being an issue Rangers, top of the table after the nine games on 20 points, Hearts on 19, Dundee United on 17, Celtic on 16, Hibs on 15, Motherwell on 14. That's the top six. St Mirren in uh, seventh position, 13 points, St Johnson on nine, Aberdeen on eight, Livy on seven, Dundee on six and Ross County on three. So Paul, I'm just looking at the six games from Saturday and I'm thinking back to our predictions on Friday night. I get one out of six. You're not alone. People didn't one get one out of six. That's honest of you to uh, wind this part of this <laughs> programme up. Barry, what about yourself? How did you do? You two? Two, two out two of six. six. It's unusual. Mm. It's actually, it's a great, it's a good season though, isn't it? Yeah. You don't know what's yeah. going to come up. It is, it's great. And the fans are coming out in good numbers. So some of the headlines then afterwards, Rangers uh, dominated in the first half, played really well, but it was 1-1 with Hearts. The manager spoke about their form. The challenge for us is can we find that for 90 minutes? And we're going to need to find it on, on Thursday night to, to bounce back in Europe. You can feel it coming close. The team and the squad starting to settle down. We're, we're starting to get some big players back. And um, I'm confident we will get there. But it was nice to see it for 45 at least because we've only really showed it in moments and pockets. Once that comes for 90 minutes, we'll be fine. And he spoke about the player who was the man of the match. And uh, what a great goal for Rangers. John Lindstrom. He was fabulous today. He almost played like two players. Being our most consistent player now for four or five games, he's settling in, he knows what we want and how we play now and, and he's certainly shown his level. Stephen Davis, of course, uh, left out. He's playing a lot of football. Do you think it's time for Stephen to say I'm the most capped player on these islands and uh, concentrate on Rangers? I think you've got to be respectful of Steve Davis. Look, he's an experienced player. He's a top player. Um, he has played a lot of football this season. Um, when he goes away with his, his national team he, he plays the full 90 minutes uh, virtually every single game uh, so look, I'm sure Rangers would like him to call it a day um, but you've got to give you've got to give him respect and that, that's only going to be down to, to Stephen Davis I think Stephen Davis and the Rangers team similar to what I say about Morelos is so important um, You'd always start him wouldn't you? If you could if Yeah fitness... I would wheel him out Yeah, I would wheel him out he's that good um, Stephen Davis he's yep. just got better wage similar with Alan McGregor I know people are going to say oh, Alan McGregor made a mistake but yep. listen when's the last time Alan McGregor made a mistake how good yep. has it been for Rangers yep. over the course um, and so is Stephen Davis uh, but in terms of Lundstrom I'm delighted because when people get criticised sometimes it's tough players do read the media they do listen and he has come in for a bit of criticism but 
that performance certainly in the first 45 minutes was top notch for, uh, from him they certainly do they're listening to the Go Radio Football Show in the next hour we're going to hear from Callum McGregor he's been up in front of the media today the Celtic captain looking forward to the game tomorrow and we're going to take more of your calls too 0808 17 17 700 Paul Cooney Mark Weary and Barry Ferguson we're back after the news where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi well the taxi centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers Skoda Kia Toyota Mercedes Nissan Ford Hyundai you name it they've got saloons MPVs estates minibuses prestige cars the lot all under one roof ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK with taxi trade exclusive discounts flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with TheTaxiCentre.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, go, go. Well, you heard the managers there mixed fortunes at the weekend Celtic getting a win two in a row on the spin away from home Aberdeen a couple of weeks ago Motherwell at the weekend Rangers still top of the table but bitterly disappointed to lose that last minute goal Hearts we haven't said much about them but they took a point away from Ibrox Rangers fans what do you think winding up towards Bronby at Ibrox on Thursday evening 0808 17 17 700 and Celtic well it'll be all over by this time tomorrow against Ferenc Varos and we're going to hear from Ange Postacoglu we're going to hear from Callum McGregor looking forward to the game tomorrow and he was asked uh, what about the kickoff time yeah that's that's what the hope is you know obviously it's it's a little bit different in terms of people trying to get to the stadium you know so we appreciate everyone that that's, that's made the effort to get there and like you say, we're hoping for a big atmosphere again, and the, and the players need to deliver that as well. Like you say, it doesn't matter the, the kickoff time. We're at home in a European tie, and and we need to bring that energy for the the crowd to feed off as well. And and I'm sure they will. Kickoff time being three thirty tomorrow, Barry. Will that make any difference? Three thirty is a great time to play football. Yeah, it won't make a difference to to the players. But in terms of Callum, makes a good point. Fans may be struggling. People yeah. are working. Are they going to get away from work early? Uh, is it going to be a, a full house? But I would I would expect the vast majority. The fans, it's European games. You, you want to try and be there, but it'll be interesting to see if it is a full house with obviously people uh, working. Paul, HR department's on red alert tomorrow. A few, <laughs> a few sickies, Mark, <laughs> yourself included, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, half three is a strange one, but uh, as I say, the good thing it gives both Celtic and Rangers the, the you know the sort of the city to themselves, if they like, because it's massive games. Paul, it's so important. They, they, they need to be in Europe um, after Christmas. You know. The budgets dictate that they're in Europe. It'll help them financially come the January uh, window and, and just for credibility. And for the players as well, you know, if any player is looking for a move, whether it's Celtic or Rangers, you can produce it on the European stage, albeit you want to do it in the Champions League. But if you do it in the Europa League, it, um, it gives you extra kudos of, of that, there's no doubt. Yep, he's talking, here's Callum McGregor, about the match. And he realises, as we've all said, it's a must-win for them. Listen, I think everyone... And the building knows what we need to do. Like you say, the manager's challenges to, to go and win the game. We know how important it is in, in terms of the context of the group. You know, so everyone's well aware of that. There's there's always pressure at Celtic to win. Tomorrow will be will be no different. So, you know, like you say, we, we we know exactly what we're facing in terms of the performance and the result that we need. So, you know, it's full focus on that. Kyogo, we mentioned beforehand Celtic they could look to- forward to this with some confidence, you reckon, tomorrow against the Hungarians. Yeah, I, I think Celtic will fancy their chances home um, 
against the Hungarians. Look, there's been previous with Celtic, but that's uh, they, they know they've got to win the game. See, as a footballer, that's the best thing, knowing that you've got to go in. If you don't win the game, you're basically not going to get through to Europe until uh, for after Christmas. So Celtic will go out in the mindset. They need to take the game to them. They'll go and attack them. And I think both Celtic and Rangers have won both of their games. Mark? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I fancy Celtic and Rangers. I think it'll be tricky for both of them. I don't expect either side to, to, to win, you know, 3 0 or whatever. I, th- I think they'll, they'll, they'll be tight games. You know, I think if you put yourself in Ferenc Varro's shoes or even Bronby's shoes, you won't, I don't think you'll be coming with much to fear. I think you'll come fancying yourself to hit the counter attack to time. Fans, they know Celtic well. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they knocked Celtic yep. out um, last season, and you, and you could argue was that that was the start of you could maybe pinpoint a decline back to and that's when Neil Lennon had a pop at his players. Um, and, you know, some players didn't take too kindly to it. I'll be, I don't have a problem with it. I think Neil Lennon was quite right. Absolutely right. And with hindsight, to go he was it. right. If he could yeah. have, he should have sold Edward last summer. Yeah, the pro- the problem was Paul, and others. Yeah, yeah. The, the the problem was this time last or before this time last year, the because of the uncertainty of the pandemic, then the, the market was was really tricky. Now, out with your your real big hitters that that were basically money's no object, then that was fine. But they weren't going to come in for Edward. Edward wasn't on their radar, so he was in a middle bracket mm. in Europe. And by all accounts, my information is Paul that Celtic had one bid. Edward, which was in the region of 12 to 14 million pounds from Hertha Berlin, and the club decided it, it wasn't big enough. And you can understand, and rightly that. so, yeah, absolutely, yeah. rightly so. Uh, and that was because of the way the market was um, 15 months ago with the with the uncertainty. So, yeah, he called his players out. You know, I know managers aren't meant to do that anymore, but I'm all for it. See if it, see if it calls for it. If you think it's going to g them up. I'm all for it. I, I don't see it as a problem. See, see if the manager called out saying that it wasn't good enough. Well, do you know what? Fair play to him. But then you want to go and show him that you can play. Um, and I, I don't see there's any issues at all when a manager comes out and, and has a pop at his players. Sometimes it's a good thing. But I'm afraid nowadays you're not allowed to do that. No. People don't like it. Barry, did you... So on Saturday we were here, as you know, with Craig Moore and John Hartson on the programme and we saw you had a great start against Peterhead and then second bookable and you were down to 10 men uh, having started really well and then lost 4-2 yeah I, I, sometimes I was st- I'm standing at the side just thinking I just would like to keep 11 players on the pitch mm. I know people may look now and think is there a bit of indiscipline there um, is there? no they're, they're, there's not they're a good group of boys there's, there's no doubt about it it's just a bit of bad luck going against us um, they've done well enough but as you know football Paul and yep. Mark when you go down to 10 men you get so long and you try and change it to freshen up a wee bit and the boys just run out of a bit of, a bit of steam um, but it's something we need to do we, look, we need to have a chat about it um, I, on Saturday I made a point of you know saying too much sometimes you can go in and maybe say things you regret so uh, we'll need to have a long hard think because we need to start winning plain and simple mm. I don't care what level it is whether it's the highest level or the bottom level of football you need to get results and you need to get results quickly or we'll end up being too far away for the, the ones at the top because you've been in a playoff position until recently it's really early in the season but you're right you don't want to slide and find yourself yeah I'm not going to use that yeah. as an excuse it's, yeah it's early in the season but we sh- still should be better off with, yep. with the quality player we've got um, well, it doesn't help when you get people sent off that's sure. three games we went down to ten men 
early in, in the game it doesn't it doesn't help uh, but look we need to get back to try to win games of football it's plain and simple Queen's Park on Sunday the top of the table and they're flying yep. they're flying they beat them Barton who have had a, a decent start to the season they beat them pretty convincingly uh, 3 0 down at Dumbarton. Uh, we were down at Dumbarton, I think, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and we drew one each. So that's a that's a tough game for us. Uh, Queen's Park are full time, good players. Uh, so we will need to go and, and try and take the game to Queen's Park and try and win the game and get three points. No easy games at all. In England, we talked about it, obviously, about the Newcastle uh, situation. Uh, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. His Man United losing to Brendan Rodgers, uh, Leicester 4-2 at the end. Jamie Vardy getting the goal to yeah. make it 3-2 in the last minute, really. Uh, it's quite a weekend. Solskjaer now the latest manager to come under under pressure, although he signed a new contract just recently. It, it, Paul, it, it looks like the merry-go-rounds is about to happen. Mm. You, you get towards that um, international break in November and that's when club chairman, chief executives really start the, 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 the fingers in the panic button. So and what's the word? You know everybody in the game. What's the word for Man United if Solskjaer goes? I mean, the fans love him. He's, he's he'll always be an icon for what well, he did as a player. Who would it be? Well, if, if you look if, at yeah. if you look at Newcastle now in the ma- the market for a, a, a top manager. Yep. Okay. Man United would be the same if they mm-hmm. decide to part company with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So there's 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 only three or four that that are you know what you would say gettable now. Now Brendan Rodgers, I would say, would be a contender. For Man United, it's already said that he's, you know, he's he's earmarked for the the Man City job eighteen months down the line when Pep Guardiola decides to call it a day. Newcastle United are are, are clearly looking um, for somebody at the moment as well. So Pochettino's there. So does you know does um, who who goes to PSG if Pochettino is, is taken away, whether it be to Man United or or Newcastle? I mean, so I think there's something about to to happen, Paul. I think you'll see between now. And the end of the next international break, which is around about November 20th, um, you're going to see two or three big clubs change manager. Barry, what were your thoughts when you saw that Man United losing at Leicester? Um, I was surprised that they the, the lost the, the, the game. Um, look, Leicester have got good players. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers got a good team there. They clicked at um, last, didn't they? They did, because yeah. he's been coming in for a bit of criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers, yeah. which has no been like him since he's been down at Leicester. They've obviously been in great form and playing good stuff. Uh, but show scared with the, the players that he's got there, the money that he's he's spent. Um, he'll be feeling the heat. But again, I'll go back to what I said a couple of minutes ago. It's a, a results-driven business. You don't win games of football. Um, you're not going to be in a job and Solskjaer knows that he knows that with the quality he's got there he needs to be winning more games nope. uh, you, you look at that again and go back to look players you know how they can just let you down and, and they do players get managers to sack that's the bottom line whether they're, they're, they're no good or for a, a lot of them just down tools deliberately to get a manager at the door you look at Harry Maguire 80 million what is he doing at the first goal uh-huh. to let Leicester you know and what is he doing I mean that's just chronic the money's gone crazy for the players, hasn't it? Oh. And there are some fabulous players, but 80 million, Harry oh. Maguire, really. Um, what about a player who is worth every single penny? I was, I was just Mo Salah. Goal, right? yeah. the, the amount of bodies that were about Mo Salah in that box, and he he still uh, scores a goal, great finish. He's he the best in the world. He, he's up there with the best. He's got to be with the goals, um, his goal scoring record, but his ability as well. Mm. Um, it's, it's individual goals at times. Great player, amazing that. We'll just see Chelsea let him some go. Of his goals that it's obviously earlier one. There, look at that. Yep. 
Chelsea let him go to yep. Roma mm-hmm. for it wasn't even a big fee, and obviously he done well over in Serie A. Yeah. But since he's went to Liverpool, I mean, that front three for Liverpool yeah. over the last three or four mm. years have been absolute top class. But he's he's in a different yeah. bracket, Mo Salah for me. Man, he scored as well, and of course a hat trick for Firmino. It was wonderful to watch, wasn't it? So, Brendan Rodgers and Pochettino, I'm just looking there, Mark, you're, you're right. At the moment, the bookies' favourites, if Solskjaer goes, it's Pochettino or, I mean, that's according to the bookmakers, yeah, or Brendan Rodgers. Good time to be Brendan Rodgers, You know, Rogers, somebody asked it? me, like, yeah. I'm just thinking what Mark says, players get managers yeah. for the sack, which, mm-hmm. which is right. It's true. Somebody once says to me, how do players not get sacked? <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. Yep. I know. I know. It's fine, <laughs> isn't it? I know. I suppose they do because you get dropped, right? That's you. You know, you're dropped, and then eventually they sell you. So the managers have the power. But I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but you sure. think about it though. You take a wee step back, and you think a manager can get sacked, but a player can never be sacked. And they both get contracts, mm-hmm. but yet you can you can dispense with one like that. And the way managers are treated, I think, is grossly unfair. I mean, I, I think players get away with so much. I mean, they do. They, they, they you know, like as they can be just that collective. Let's down tools. We're not having him. We don't like the new setup. We don't like the new regime. We don't like the way he wants us to play. We'll get him out. We'll get him. I remember, and, and forgive me if I've already got this front. I was doing a um, a wee Q and A night with Ian Ferguson, who now lives in Australia, who's part of the Rangers. We, we love all these because your uh, story at the weekend about Ronald De Boer was uh, it was trending on Twitter yeah, and on the socials. That, Everyone that. loved it in the oh, accent. Oh, he got was, into trouble. It was magnificent. <laughs> I know. So that was trending. So right, trend tonight, Mark Guidi no, here, so live and go radio. Bit, yeah, no, and, and he did brilliant. It was very short and succinct. But Ian Ferguson doing the thing, and he said, "I used to get into training every Monday morning." with five days, five sessions to impress whether it was Graham Sooners mm-hmm. or Walter Smith. He's out every day thinking, I need to be on it mm-hmm. for the next five days to play on Saturday. If I'm not, you had Stuart McCall or, or, or John Brown or, or, or Ian Durant, whoever it was, was going to step into his shoes. He says, now, he says, managers going to train on a Monday morning feeling that they have to impress the players. And really? it's totally wrong. But see, when you think about it, anyway, it's, it's a so great true. point. It's great so point. true. You know? Great point. But that's the kind of mindset I always had. No, no matter, like, people, ah, you weren't going to get dropped because you were a captain or whatever. Mm. But no, I always had that attitude. Going in on Monday morning, I had to go and train to the best of my ability to make sure I was in that team on a, on a Saturday with the quality that was round about you. But that's a great point. Yeah. Managers are going in thinking, right, I'll need to put this session on to mm-hmm. keep them happy. Yeah. I need to do this to impress the players. Yep. I can't shout at them. Mm. I can't you know, tell them what I really think. It is bonkers. It's mm. bonkers. No, I, I didn't mind the manager. Having a right po- yeah, I had... I write few managers, Walter Smith, Advocat, McLeish, Sunnis, Mark Hughes, guys like that come in and have a real pop say it's no good enough. Did they ever have a go at you and you felt Proper it wasn't goal. fair? Yeah, no, yeah, if it I wasn't did, fair. But, do you know what? Yeah. I took it because you respected them. Mm-hmm. They're the manager. They obviously have an opinion. And my always way of responding was no way having a pop back at them to go out on the pitch and go and prove that um, I was a good player. I could go and put it right. That was the way that I responded in. Do you think Gerrard's had a go at Morellas after the game on, on Saturday? Because he had and, chances... And between the four walls, yeah. I think he would have went in and yeah. says, look, you need to buck your ideas up. You need to get back to the way that you were playing last season and scoring goals. Does he look fit enough? But as listen, fit the manager's not going to do it out in front of the press. You'll no. always back your players. But sure. when that door shuts behind the four walls, that's when the manager will, will quite rightly, and I think it is right that amongst your teammates you have a wee pop at the, the players and say you're not happy it's not good enough and then you wait and see what kind of response you get 
You know, he's a top striker. He normally gobbles them chances up, but he's not going to do that every game. So sometimes you've got to you've got to go with it. But as a team, I thought we were outstanding for 45 minutes. But at 1-0, you've got to go and get that second goal. You've got to go and, you know, take the points away from Hearts because I thought they grew into the game in the second half. They had a couple of chances themselves. But by the time the big moment come, the equaliser, we should have been two, three, even four goals out in front. Do you think he is, looks as fit as he was two years ago? No, even last season. No. no. Mm. No. And a, a bit heavier? Missed pre-season, the lads chunky it. Uh, obviously been away with, I think, Colombia, mm-hmm. which probably doesn't help because I always say the most important part of being a player is your pre-season. Making sure you get the vast, majo- uh, vast majority of the pre-season under your belt because that sets you up for the full season. Mm-hmm. He missed that. That mm-hmm. might be affecting him. And it, it also, on that, he wasn't, or he wasn't because of that, as sharp or as ready as he should have been for the Malmo games. £40 million games. Mm-hmm. And Morelos is, for whatever reason, I don't think it's ever been explained properly, Morelos isn't back in time for prison. Now, we, we accept that he gets a few extra days because of the, the, the international duty, but even then, he should have been back. And, mm-hmm. and, and he knows in the club, it's a £40 million pound tie. And your star striker... You can sense the frustration. Gerard's... Yeah. Definitely frustrated. He's backing him. I rate him. I think he's a top striker. Um, but he needs to get back um, back to form and start helping Rangers winning games of football. Because he is that important, I think. This is the £80 million season. I was just thinking that, Mark. There was £40 million available in the Champions League. Yeah, just now. And £40 million if you're in next year. So, is that, gar- guaranteed. Is that 100% now? Is, I, 99. I think it's 99. Yeah, it, it would be... Nice. Well, a miracle, but in football, in yep. terms of miracle, if it didn't happen, it's not been, it's not been rubber stamped, but it, it, it will happen. There's kind of things that people don't seem to want, want to talk about. Oh, you know, it's oh, he's not, but he played what seven minutes, and I know he was away from the family and all the rest um, with Colombia. I get that. It's not just the, the minutes you played, but he wasn't back in time yeah. for those games and, and to be ready for them. It was such a crucial. Yeah, and over the piece, you know, I think Stephen Gerrard and his staff and his teammates. I've cut Morelos a lot of slack mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. They, 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 they really have. You know, they've bent over backwards for him on a number of occasions. I mean, you only think back to just before we went into lockdown. And again, I think he was given a few days off to, 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 to go home and he didn't report back in time, perhaps. And was that ahead of the, the, the Scottish Cup game against Hearts mm-hmm. at Tynecastle, yeah. which Rangers lost? So, look, as much as Morelos has been brilliant and for a million quid, he's been outstanding sure. yeah. value. But you just don't think, particularly, just give us that wee bit more. Come on. Give, it's He's a talisman, club. isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, for the supporters, yes, yeah. it's for the dressing room. Exactly, give us that wee yeah. bit more. Morelos has been good for Rangers, but also on the flip side of that, Rangers has been really good for him. Yep. yep. It's a good point. He was there yesterday. I mentioned at the women's games, and it was 1 1. Give you the scores from yesterday. So that was a, a draw for the two of the teams that, well, uh, Glasgow City have won it year after year so that was 1-1 Motherwell a win for them so Leon Crichton who'll be with us later in the week that's a, a good win for them 2-0 against the Hertz Celtic and Spartans 2-2 Hibs a 1-0 win over Aberdeen and Partick Thistle 2 Hamilton 2 that's the women's results Barry if only that had been the result on well, Friday a, night I, I, the Ackies I watched the game oh. um, obviously my local my local team I've got yeah. a real soft spot for, for Ackies mm. um, but <laughs> that was um, lose it <laughs> no I'm just thinking Sorry. I think I tipped a draw for it so it was actually I one did. out of seven mm. <laughs> what a result that, that was that could have been it could have been more than that it got to a stage did you watch where it? Watched it yeah I've, obviously I've got a, as I said I've got sure. a soft spot, soft spot. for Ackies and obviously mm. live on TV 
I turned the TV on to watch it um, 1-0 at half time and then yeah. it, it turns into that it, they went through a 15-20 minute period in the second half where it was just waves of attack for Partick mm-hmm. Thistle it could have ended up anything could have good weekend for the Jags on 15 points now at the top Inverness Cali Thistle another win for them 2-0 against Morton uh, Wraith Rovers on 17 points Kelly on 17 because they drew uh, with Dunfermline so that was a point there for Peter Grant's Dunfermline but that's the top of the table then are both on 15 points uh, Billy yep. Dodge doing a brilliant job up at oh, isn't up he at Cali. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sure is. they could be back in the Premiership next season it's looking like it at the moment well, they're you know uh, five they, points clear yeah the sort of form they're on um, don't bet against them uh, just continually to continue sorry to get really good results and he's got some good players brought in a wee bit of experience mm-hmm. my teammate Kurt Broadfoot went up there He's been a brilliant signing for them. Are you saying they're going to come up, do you think, in Verness? I'm leading yeah, into every something. Chance. Yep. I mean, they're five points cleared just now and the, they're the form team. Well, tomorrow night we've got Chris Burke and Davy Proven. Come on, legends. Chris still there. So we'll put that to them tomorrow because Kelly need to come up, don't they? Oh, they Premiership do. budget. Yeah, yep. you, you know, they've put a lot into it. They should be coming, coming up. Okay, traffic and travel in the break and then we're back with Mark and Barry and loads of your calls. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! go, 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 go. And Succession is back tonight as well. Looking forward to that terrific show. Barry Ferguson has promised to start watching it. If we can get him from watching every other game on the telly, he's going to start watching Succession tonight. Mark Weedy, you love that programme. Oh, Brian yep. Cox, yep, Scottish actor... Um, Dundee's finest brilliant. yeah and of course they filmed um, they came to Dundee to film it and they nearly bought Hearts or Hives you, you'll, right. you'll love it but the characters the family uh, so dysfunctional but brilliant characters I'm watching it tonight you, you'll we'll love it tonight won't give anything away and we're just coming out of the traffic and travel just watching to see if there's anything else but can I tell you his son Roman thinks I get him something for my dad's birthday and he gives him his present because dad you've been a lifelong fan he's American I know it doesn't sound it of your favourite Edinburgh club and he gives him part ownership of hearts and Brian Cox in it he's a Hibs fan (laughs) he said what the that's you up to date on go Spoiler alert, that's from last season though, you're okay. The Go Radio Football you're Show. You're the travel news and then you start... Succession. <laughs> well, there's a bridge in Dundee, that's what made me think of it on the way in. 0808 17 17 700 on the way home. Barry Ferguson, the former Rangers, Scotland, Blackburn Rovers, Birmingham City, and currently manager of Allo Athletic and Mark Guidi, best in the business, pundit-wise. Between him and Hugh Keevens, but I think you're ahead of Hugh. <laughs> I don't have any lawsuits we, against me. Oh, steady. <laughs> we'll need to get a few. <laughs> you're nobody unless you've had a lawsuit against you for something. Have you been banned from a club? I don't know why oh, I'm going down this line. You yeah, have been many yeah, times. Celtic Is that pr- Rangers, yeah. Have you all of them? Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot. yeah what was your longest ban? Albion Rovers when he was playing. <laughs> oh, to- Tommy Burns threw me out of Celtic Park um, way back mid mid-1990s with Tom was manager Ali McCoy threw me out of Murray Park when he was manager of Rangers Jim Duffy when he was manager of Hibs that's the closest I've ever been to a, a court case mm-hmm. um, um, with oh, Duff we don't um, so yeah, yeah there's, been, there's, been, there's been a few but that, listen o- over the piece you agree to disagree as long as it's never it's never personal which I've, I've never ever made it mm. let's get back on the lines then let's go to Dundee where else would we go and Brian Cox is on the line Brian good evening <laughs> it's Jack in Dundee hi Jack 
All right, guys, how's it going? Good. Have you watched Succession, given that you're from Dundee? Have you have you seen it? I've not actually, mate. I've right. Not. Okay, so it's magnificent. We'll, we'll let you watch it. They visit Dundee in it. It's it's a media family. Um, yeah, you have to watch it. Football wise, so it was a big weekend for you. I take it you're a, a Dundee fan. What did you make of it? I am. I am indeed. I actually missed the game because I'm out in the Algarve just now. Oh. Um, I watched it on a stream, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it because. You hear a lot of talk, Hearts, Hibs, Celtic, Rangers, you know, even Dundee beating Aberdeen. It's all about Aberdeen's demise. What, what, I don't know if you've seen it, but what did you think of that game? I saw the highlights. I, think before, I thought Dundee yep. were outstanding. Yep. Good. I saw the highlights myself, but what one guy springs to mind, I know everybody's going to talk about Lee Griffiths, but it's Charlie Adam. Charlie Adam. Man of the match. Yep, Charlie Adam obviously played with Charlie. I know what Charlie's all about. He's been missing, um, missed a number of games. But for me, he's a difference for Dundee. When Charlie Adams is fit, he's got to play. He makes the team tick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it does. Yeah. Um, Jack, you you know that. You know he's he you know he's he's not as mobile as he once was. We all know that. But you're talking about a player that Kenny Dalglish signed for Liverpool. You're talking about a player that when he played for Blackpool helped them get promoted to the English Premier League. Then was running the show, was was a, a major player for Stoke City for four or five seasons under a manager that, that, that Barry played for as well, um, Mark Hughes. And for Dundee to get Charlie because of his genuine love for the club, you know, he, that, you know he's not there earning huge money. He, he could be on a lot more down south, but he's there because he loves Dundee and he wants to do something for them. And he was so proud to help take Dundee up, as you know, Jack, um, last season, you know, got them up through the playoffs, beating... Yep. Comano and he's kicked on again he's back in the top flight in Scotland and he's running the show do, do you know what he'll bring to Dundee and Jack will agree with me he brings standards see if somebody's no yep. pulling their weight during the game Charlie's no scared to, to say his piece and that's what Charlie was always like even as a young boy at Rangers coming through he always had something to say Charlie Did I he? didn't mind that I yeah. quite liked that about him I thought he got um, sometimes criticised over criticised sorry at Rangers I thought he was a good player Charlie um, and then he turned into a top player for me going down to Blackpool. That was a chance he took mm-hmm. going to Blackpool, done brilliant. And obviously went on to, to play with Liverpool, as, as Mark's just said there, under Kenny Dalglish and then down to Stoke. But Charlie Adam, for me, is the main player. If he's fit, Dundee will have a decent season. And Jack, you know what I didn't realise? He's, he's only 35. And when you think it's, you know, Steve Davis. <laughs> Look, I'm, not, not, f- I'm, not, I'm serious. He's about 55. Uh, but. <laughs> so we, but, but no, Jack, I wasn't trying to be. I mean, you know, when you look at Steve Davis, look how Stephen Davis is so. He's 36, yep. nearly 37. So, who can else? Can I just say, Paul, yeah. before I forget, a lot yep. of people will look at Charlie and say, oh, he's a bit hep. Charlie's no. Yeah, you're right. He's just got he big legs. Yeah. Yep. No, big yeah, yeah. backside. Do you know what? You're right. See when you yeah. see when you start, not honest to goodness, it's yeah. Charlie to what, what in here now, Paul, you'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. See when you see him on the telly, you're right. A lot of people always say, next to him, mm-hmm. there's no, nothing on no, it. No. A lot of people say, oh, he's, he's put on a bit of weight. Charlie right. is, and I'll tell you another thing, one of the fittest guys, mm-hmm. you'll get Charlie Adam. Jack. pre-season. Yep. Always up the top and I'm sure he'll still be the same. He had that sort of attitude, so... I don't buy into this that Charlie's no fit. Obviously, he's getting on wage, but listen, he's still a top player. One day I left Pega. I think I watched when Dundee, was it Wraith Rovers? Was that a cup game? I'm not sure. Yes. Earlier on in the yep. season. Yep. And his Diag, I think to Jordan McGee, it was. Mm-hmm. One day I left foot. Dundee keep him fit. Dundee will have a decent season. They'll stay up. Yep. Jack, who, who else? Yep. 
I was going to say that the game that we lost on was Motherwell away. I was at the game and, and he went off injured, but, but absolutely pummeled Motherwell the mm-hmm. whole game. Tony Watts with a flick on into the box, fair enough, right? But he went off injured and he's, he's, his first game back was obviously against Aberdeen on, on the weekend. And the games that we've lost, it was 1-0 every week, you know, it was one goal, we couldn't have scored. Other than the St. Johnson game at McDermott, we dominated, but we didn't have that player that could, you know, create an opening, do something different and, and kind of play with the ball in the opposition's half. But we've been playing well and we've not been getting the results. It's been brutal. Um, and of course, everybody thinks same old Dundee, you know, bottom of the league. But I tell you something, that team, probably the best Dundee team I've seen since, you know, I mean, the, the Greg Stewart and the Kane Hemmings team when they're finishing the top six, the, mm-hmm. the first year, we got yep. back up. But yeah. since then, since the administration season with Griffiths, Harkins, Forsyth, Rob Douglas, these boys, it's the best Dundee team I've seen. And I don't really buy into off you're in a false position because you are where you are because that's yeah. where you are but you know performances like that Motherwell game a lot of Dundee fans pretty disheartened you know even at Canadice the Rangers game but sometimes you've got to say you know the performance is good and your team are trying to play good football Um, I mean that's the way I look at it but obviously it's a results business you know and you're a fan of the manager as well James McPay because he could have come under pressure but you know the way you're playing and getting that result against Aberdeen, I mean, it's a huge game for you, huge result. Yeah, I think, you know, last season, did not think Dundee were going to do much. You know, they went mm. up, and, you know, you've got to give McTake credits for that. This season, you, you know, you give him time, like, he's doing well, yeah, stick with him and, and, and all the rest of it, but, yeah, you get the same old fans, you know, after a few bad results calling for his head. It's just, it's ridiculous, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hard league this season, made better by Hearts and Dundee getting promoted, of course, but, that's, I was looking to ask you, like, obviously, you, I, I watch it from a Dundee perspective, but from a neutral point of view, you know, like the Dundee v Rangers game, the Dundee derby, you know, we got beat, but we were probably the better team. Um, you know, took points off Hibs, beat Aberdeen, second bottom of the league, but no playing like that, you know. Barry, you can see that. Yeah, I watched the Dundee derby. Um, and uh, look, there, there wasn't much in it. There's no doubt it could have went either way. Um, and obviously, going by the the, the Rangers game, um, I thought they'd done well against Rangers. But that that's a big result from. That was a massive result for Dundee um, on Saturday against Aberdeen because uh, it's important that you get that that first one, that win. Um, and he needed it. But I, I looked through their team. I mean, still McGowan's still a good player. You've got yep. Lee Griffiths. You no, know, he's got that goal. He might now, now go on and fire plenty more uh, at the back of the net. That's what Lee Griffiths does. Um, Charlie Adam. Um, Jordan but, McGee. I've, I've always liked Jordan McGee yeah. as well. Good experience at the back. They've, they've got good players. Dundee, it's now just going on a run and, and making sure they, they get a bit of consistency. And I'm sure they will. That, look, they'll get a lot of confidence for that that victory against Aberdeen. Mark, do you think they'll stay up? Yeah, I, I think Dundee will. Jack, the couple of times I've watched Dundee this season, I like the look of... Max Anderson, what, what's the chat around about him? Yeah, he's a good player. Um, the first time in a while, um, Dundee have actually brought some young players through. Him and his boy Finlay Robertson out on loan just now. But yeah, Anderson's a good player. Um, he's one of, you know, see when you see young players coming through now, they don't really play with the ball in the opposition half. You know, they, they want to pass it sideways, they want to pass it backwards, but he's not like that. Mm-hmm. He wants to play between the midfield and the front man. Uh, I don't know if that's him or, or, or tactical. It'll be a bit of both, but 
Yeah, he, he, he's a prospect. He was in the, the 21 squad um, yeah. last time out. It's been a while since somebody had that, but yeah, he looks good. I think he's, he's obviously lost his place because Adam's come back in, but he's probably been better than McGee this season. You know, him and Byrne especially have been good. And it's, it's not just them. Like, the guys at the back, Sweeney and Ashcroft, have been outstanding. You know, really, really good. Um, and and as I say, it's been a long time since Dundee have had, had players like that, you know. I don't know how you feel with Dundee United winning so emphatically uh, at the weekend. So there's two things. One, what, what did you feel about that? But also, for the city and for the area, to have both teams in the same league, it must be, it's a massive boost yeah. economically as well. You get more, you get the derbies back. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's it, it's what the Scottish football needs. You yeah. know, I'm sure, you know, first, you know, Edinburgh, Glasgow teams are your main teams, but Dundee, having the Dundee derby is a big thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's an entertaining game. Um, it, it probably gets more recognition for the actual, um, you know, the drama in, yeah. in the 90 yeah. minutes in the Edinburgh derby does. But, no, it's, it's good for the city. I mean, Looking at United, they're doing well. Um, I don't really, you know, I, I think you need to look at your own team rather than sure. what, your, what your rivals are doing, but not every supporter is like that. Um, but no, it's, it's good to see both teams in there. Like, it's, it's what the city needs, it's what, what Scottish football needs. You know, you'd, you'd rather have the two Dundee teams, I'm sure, than, than two smaller clubs. You know, no disrespect, but, um, you know, for your game, for the, the, the support and, and, and everything else, it's, it is what this company needs it in the top fight Jack great to talk about them before we go though can we ask you about Aberdeen what did you think of them and they're you know going down the table they had a good start to the season we know the story now 10 games without a win do you have a view on Aberdeen yeah I think they've I think you've got to be careful what you wish for and you know when McInnes went I think their support seemed to want that to happen but he's he got I think the top four for almost every year he was there you know what else are Aberdeen going to really do, you know? Um, I, I'm sure they wanted more, but it's maybe not looking like that, but you've got to give the manager time. I've seen a, a lot of their fans working them out, but that's ridiculous, you know? Who, who are you going to go to? You know? Um, exactly, yeah. Mm. But yeah, they didn't look very good. No. <laughs> Barry, you want to say about the next game for Dundee? It's about, uh, yep, yep, they're going to second top, Hearts at, at Tynecastle. So, um, obviously, Hearts will be... Uh, caught and confident with getting that last minute equaliser and then Dundee will be in confident with getting course, a, yeah. a great three points so it'll be interesting to see um, how that game that'll be a cracking game Jack but get yourself back from the Algarve will you be back in time <laughs> for uh, the Gorgie Road <laughs> I won't be I'm back Saturday but uh, yeah right. the next one I hope <laughs> I'll be there alright good shout Jack thanks very much for calling Go Radio the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Go, 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 go. Go Radio Football Show. Thanks for making the switch and thanks for over a million downloads already to Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi, Paul Cooney and tomorrow night here in the studio with Davey Proven and Chris Burke we've got a brilliant week coming up it's going to be Rob with John Hartson and Barry John was giving me stick because um, midway through the game I said I know it's the middle of October but if you were giving the player of the year just now one of the candidates would be uh, Craig Gordon and he was you can't do that in the middle of uh, October I said no it's if so he wasn't happy that we were saying who might be but Craig Gordon he kept hearts in the game um, and, and Saturday against the uh, Rangers but like some of his performances for Scotland his performances exactly, yeah. overall 
I've been honest with you this season. Um, I've been top notch. I think Craig's won it twice. Is that right? He's, yeah. he's won the football writers twice. You were the president, I remember. Yeah, yeah he's won the football yeah. writers twice for sure, yeah. Uh, yep. So uh, they're on on uh, Wednesday night, looking forward to that. And then on Thursday, Leanne Crichton, fresh from the win yesterday. And Craig Moore, who was on fire on Saturday. He was just up from Manchester. He was on fire on Saturday night. <laughs> I, heard you, I heard he was out in uh, a Lanarkshire uh, hostelry. You had a good night, yeah. Nice yeah, fish. It was good. Yeah. yeah, it was good to... <laughs> it was you good. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> and uh, it was great aye, to catch up with him. Yep. He knows his football, doesn't he? I'm not so sure, but he's <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Barry, Mark, and myself will be back here on Friday. Uh, other headlines at the weekend Queen's Park still top in the first division, and they're uh, they're going to be hard to catch, Mark, aren't they? Yeah, they Looking, are. I mean, yeah. I, we were saying on Friday night, it's a really good league. You know, you, you look at for even Falkett losing at home and on, on, on Saturday as well. There was shock results. All around the country, um, up and down uh, the four uh, divisions, um, Paul. But I think when you get to the end of November, I think you see a proper shape. So you know, over the next four or five league games, you'll then that to say, okay, we are in a relegation dogfight or we are pushing to go up. And then you'll have two or three teams that they need to get their act together or they'll end up getting sucked in or they'll kick on and, and start making a push for the top. So I think come towards the end of November, you have a real shape of what's going to happen. Everyone can beat everyone in that division, in your division, Barry, isn't it? With Airdrie winning, as you mentioned, 3-0 yeah, I mean, And if you look at the yeah. results, not just this weekend, I think if you look Every, overall oh, this yeah. season, sure. when you look through the results, you're like, I've never seen that uh, coming. Yeah. It's been a, a strange season in terms of results. The team you could probably put your your money on, or your house on, is the Kelty Hearts. Now, yeah. Tough at the weekend, the Friday night game, but they won again, so yeah, they 26 won points. Like, yep. Listen, they're maybe winning by one goal, but they're winning games of football. That's the most important thing. Uh, and they're out in front, and I don't, if I'm being honest with you, barn any injuries to, to three or four of their top players, I think Kelty will definitely run away with it. They should be coming up. Who's going to win in the Premiership? Uh, we have from Stephen Gerrard talking about the... Well, he was disappointed to lose that late goal. Craig Halkett, ex-Rangers youth player who mm -hmm. scored just uh, just at the end. I had him in yeah. loan at Clyde. Did you? He was a young boy. How good was he? Yeah, you yep. could see there was potential. It was, he was still um, young in his development. I, I took him when he was he was eighteen. Um, a bit rusty around about the edges, but it was good for as I said, it was good for him to come out and play men's uh, men's football. And then uh, he went. He was running about the first team, but. He took the opportunity to go to Livingston uh, when they were down the leagues and I thought he was brilliant for Livingston. I watched him quite a few times. They played a back three um, and he was instrumental in getting them promoted and obviously he gets his move to Hearts. Now he's a captain at Hearts as well. He's a big player, Craig Halkett, and it's great to see how well he's done over the last few, uh, few years. And Mark, we can forget, but Hearts have just come up and there was yeah. so much criticism about them. But so far, I know it's still middle of October, but they're looking like the real deal. Could they challenge up till Christmas and um, beyond? I don't see why not. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I can't see them being there in, in the middle of May. Um, but will they be within touching distance come January? Yeah. And then Robbie, Robbie Nielsen's got a, a good argument to make to his board, to, to, to Anne Borge and the, and, and the supporters mm. and uh, to Andrew McKinley, the chief executive that said they've backed him very well you know Barry Mackay coming in Gary Mackay Stephen you know Hearts came up with the, with the money even though the championship team beat off Aberdeen to get the likes of Gary Mackay Stephen Craig Gordon um, and as well so, the, so they've backed him um, well but yeah well, I've not mentioned in the programme you've got to give Hearts credit too they hung in there yeah Rangers played very well but they hung in there they hung in 
and they got uh, they got their goal um, at the end. So for Hearts to be unbeaten after nine games, Paul, um, a lot of credit to Robbie Nielsen, Lee McCullough and Gordon Forrest. See, seeing Saturday when obviously Rangers were that dominant and should have went in three or four nil. See when you actually get into that dressing room, that's what Robbie would have said to him, listen, we've got away with one here. Yeah. We're in at one nil. Got to take confidence for that. And you could see them in the second half. They started to grow into the game. Hearts uh, as the game went on. And look, they'll win when you're one nil up and you don't go and put the game to bed. You're always in danger of, of losing a goal. And fair play to Hearts. They kept going right until the end. Feels frustrating right now because we've put ourselves in a real good position. We've had many, many more chances to go and kill the game. You know, we've hit the post. We've missed a blatant tap-in. I think Craig Gordon's been by far the busiest keeper over the 90 minutes. So Seth certainly feels frustrating right now. But we've been we, we've paid for not taking them chances and not being ruthless in the final third. So we've got ourselves to blame. Mark, a blatant tap-in. And we're not having a go at Morelos. It's just he's the, probably the one of the best players. It just wasn't like him. No, he, he should have scored it, and that you know probably would have would have killed the game off. And I think you know certainly going by, by the highlights, you could see how angry Stephen Gerrard was at that miss. You know, the one that's kind of slid along the the six yard box, and, and he really should be be put in the net, and then it's game set and match. But he didn't um, take it. Then Alan McGregor makes a mistake at the other end, and all of a sudden Hearts have got away um, with a point. So Celtic in action tomorrow night but on Saturday the, the two goal victory against Motherwell and the first goal came from Jota the manager's been speaking about the Portuguese star Abado went through that spell Kyogo went through that spell I mean I think that's I'm hoping that's what we're creating we're creating a team that you know has multiple threats you know it's taking sense and um, you know Jota's slotted in really well I, I really think there's more to come from him He's he'll improve a lot uh, for sure but you know I, I don't think that that means that you know he's the key any more than Kyogo or Liel has been. I think you know Jota himself will be the first to, to say that he's he's benefiting from that. You know, I mean, you know, he scored a great goal, but you're not going to score that goal unless Tommy Rogic has a vision to to put you through. You know, so it's it's not about one player being a key, and, and I think that's that's what we're trying to create. That's what, certainly what I'm trying to create with the team. That you know, on any given day, we have multiple goal threats, and if you look at our goals this year, they've come from just about everywhere and um, we're not relying on one person or even two people to do that um, and you know Jota's playing his part in that How important has been the change of name from Tom to Tommy Roderick <laughs> he's, he's improved again this season hasn't he uh, we haven't seen much of him for the last couple of years no, he, he is one of those kind of players Paul where you know, he seems to go through phases you know for a spell under Brendan Rodgers he was absolutely outstanding particularly there was a couple of games against Rangers when you know tactically Rangers just didn't have an answer to him you know, couldn't deal with him at all and he was instrumental and some of the victories that Celtic got in old firm games last season, he faded, almost he kind of forgot that he was there. And now whether it's just having a, a fellow Australian or whatever, but he's re-emerged, as you say, the quality of the pass. And, and the good thing for Rodgers, when he's got players that are on that wavelength and particularly with pace to burn, then Rodgers is going to feed off of that all day long. Even if you're only getting 50, 60 minutes out of him, what a good 50, 60 minutes they can be. Right, Barry, well, we hear now about one of the greatest footballers ever, most of us won't remember him, but it's Ferenc Puskas, the Hungarian. And Ange Postacoglu knew him and played under him. And he speaks about the great Hungarian player who played in one of the greatest games ever, they say, Eintracht Frankfurt against Real Madrid here in Glasgow at Hamden. But here is the manager speaking about Puskas. Ferenc is probably one of the most significant influences, yeah, for sure. Uh, he came into my career. I was captain of, of the club at the time, South Melbourne, and... Um, He's one of the biggest legends of the game. I mean, if, you, if you're talking about one of the greatest ever, he, he makes that list from the moment he, he walked through. He, he was humble. You know, we were, we were constantly pestering him to tell us stories about 
you know, Real Madrid, what he did here at Hamden, what he did at Wembley. And he was forever sort of downplaying everything. And it just showed you that the greatness of a man was just his humility and dealing with people. I was lucky because when he came to Australia, his English wasn't great, but he coached Panathinaikos to a European Cup form. So his, his Greek was decent. Um, so I acted almost as an interpreter. I, I used to pick him up from his house and, and drive him in my crappy old car to, to training, which I was embarrassed about. But, you know, during that time, we swapped many stories. And his philosophy to football was basically just go out there, enjoy yourself and score goals. You know, we I remember we used to play with two wingers and he, he was forever telling our wingers never to come back. I was a fullback, so he used to infuriate me um you know we, we won a championship with him and and i can tell you that you know part of the reason we won was just the atmosphere within the group because no one wanted to let him down he was just a great man and uh, i was really sad when he when he passed away because he left sort of australia you know i wasn't able to to sort of reconnect with him uh, when i got older and became a manager myself i would have loved to to thank him personally for um, the influence he was as a man as much as he was as a as a, as a coach what a player he's talking about there, Ferenc Puskas. Mark, you've heard the stories of him. Amazing oh, player, yeah. I love that great wee insight there in terms of, you know, picking him up, learning from him, picking his brain, um, almost acting like an, an interpreter for him. Mm. So when you think of Postecoglou being a young man trying to find his way in football, what an education that must have been to be involved with the great Ferenc Puskas. Great stories, I love that there. Great, and I love that, Barry. We talk about so many players. He was way before our time. It'd be black and white, grainy stuff, but I'd go online, look at that game, Real Madrid against Eintracht Frankfurt. Over 100,000 at Hamden Park for the European Cup final, now the Champions League final, and he's just a, he was a phenomenal player. Yeah, it was always a name, as I said, when the, the best players in the world always get mentioned. Yep. And he's one that I was always interested in, and look, I'm like anybody who, who loves a game of football, you go and you search him on the internet and you just need to see what the, the guy achieved in the game um, as a player uh, and as a manager. So, no, it's uh, the, the kind of stories, you don't tend to hear them too much, but they're yep. brilliant stories. And in this great city, the great city of Glasgow, we've got a great reputation and record in Europe but it's long gone and we need to get it back you know you were in the you were in a final in Europe just in 2008 Celtic in 2003 you know Aberdeen won it in what 83 the Cup Winners Cup Celtic in 67 Rangers in 72 but it's in the mists of time and the owners at the clubs if they were tuning in should be thinking you know rather than just looking at the, the league itself surely it's the product of what we could do in Europe build squads that do well Mark and make us proud again instead of scrambling about with no points at the moment in the Euro in the second tier tournament. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at them, I mean, Rangers haven't been in the Champions League for, for, for obvious reasons for, for more than a decade now. They had a crack at there in the summer. They blew it because they had a yeah. right good opportunity. Um, Celtic, I think it's two out of eight um, mm -hmm. attempts, which is not good enough um, either. No, when you look mm -hmm. at the level of opposition that have not Celtic out, Celtic should have been winning at least three more and the um, investment in the clubs size. yeah exactly they do pay the wage, big wages the wage bills at yeah. both clubs Paul must be astronomical I mean I think Celtic's come down a bit probably in the last 12 months and Rangers have certainly increased in the last two one, but they're paying big big money management staff and players right to business for tomorrow afternoon what's your scoreline what do you think is going to happen Celtic against Ferenc Varos Celtic 2 Ferenc Varos 1 and Rangers on Thursday because we won't see you until Friday same scoreline Rangers huh? 2 Bronby 1 that would do us wouldn't it both score lines. What do you yeah, think, Barry? I think tomorrow? both will win, and I think both will be tight games as well. Um, I was going to say the results, but look, yeah. I'll be different. No. I'll go three-two Celtic, and I'll go two-nil Rangers.
you'll be back on Wednesday anyway, so you've got time to rearrange that, that one. Let's Cheers. hope it happens. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> whatever we're saying, you know, we care about it. It's, it's fantastic. Can the, I change the game. it, mate? Yeah. <laughs> of course you can, yeah. What about Arsenal tonight against Crystal Palace in the last few seconds? Patrick Vieira back home. Against Arteta. Yeah, yeah two, two legends. Arteta was a good player at, mm. at Arsenal. Vieira was a top player. Yeah. Um, lucky enough to come up against him. I'm going... The Gunners draw. of the Palace. A draw, you reckon? Yeah. yeah. Arteta ended up manager of the month last month. Yeah. What do you reckon tonight? I, I agree. Yep. Score draw at the Emirates. Mark, thanks a million. Thank you, Barry. Coming up next after the news, it's Jokal Day. Thanks all. Thanks for listening and thank you for calling in. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat, and more. Let's go, go, go. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees, they even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.